Welcome all to the Mandalorian podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial podcast for the Outer Rim territories. My name is Matt, and joining me in the living waters beneath the minds of Mandalore is Pete. Hello there, Pete. What up, all my Mandos and my Mandats? We are just four days away from The Mandalorian Season 3, bringing you our final preview. Not so many days that Grogu could count it on one hand, but enough days that we could and still have a thumbs up left over. Uh, Pete, before we dive into things, do want to mention that our Quantumania podcast is up. This, as it's clear that less people are going to see it this weekend than last weekend, but that means most people who want to see it have seen it, and uh, they could certainly revel in our conversation of this uh, delightful jaunt of a Marvel movie. Yeah, I think the people who have gone and have given it a chance have been rewarded, but you are not kidding. The worst drop for a Marvel movie ever, this as Cocaine Bear is just snorting up the competition, Matt, uh, in, a, in a movie I need to check out. Um, but I also don't want to go into a movie theater back-to-back uh, weeks during a uh, disgusting season. Uh, well, Pete, I've heard it speculated that uh, despite the fact that Cocaine Bear might, I mean, it's clearly going to make a profit because it's a very inexpensive movie. Um, probably it will hit a streamer in like eight weeks that that was probably all figured out ahead of time as a lower budget movie with some sizzle and so forth. So checking out a crazy movie based on real events and so forth. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's a podcast adventure down the line. Maybe that's maybe. a, a just maybe. for fun. We do have a 10 year anniversary starting, uh, in a couple days. Pete looking farther down the line, not just for fantastic geeks future, but marvel's future secret invasion coming to disney plus at question mark question mark question mark date uh we'll see when that does eventually arrive but uh our podcast adventure ready to go there the feed is already up and so forth and looking forward to that show whenever it might appear yes we need your ratings we need your reviews on that uh doubt it's going to be a secret invasion of a secret invasion like boom here's here's the show surely they'll load us up with a date before that but amidst all this discussion of both streamer slowdown and then you know the way that marvel is going to meet out uh content apparently only secret invasion and loki season two will stream this year 2023 I uh, really, really want to be ready and have you ready with that feed. Pete, seemingly no streamer slowdown yet over in the Star Trek universe. Uh, Star Trek Sundays uh, were uh, deep into the human adventure continuing and uh, looking forward to talking about the next episode of Star Trek Picard tomorrow. You know, tomorrow being a Star Trek Sunday. Really ready to discuss episode two, chapter two, right? Uh, part two. What? It, <laughs> it's all it's all blending together. Uh, Star Trek and or everything there, um, and Mando. Uh, but uh, disengage. Be bringing you that tomorrow. Uh, today, of course, being Star Wars Sunday, ahead of covering those episodes for season three every uh, Saturday for the next eight weeks. Indeed, looking forward to these Star Wars Saturdays here. And I guess, Pete, without further ado, let's get into this Mandalorian discussion here. Um, I think people super super excited to see where we're headed uh in these eight weeks yes and confirmed via star wars itself the uh schedule for season three there will be no doubling up uh there's never been a doubled up uh day where they've dropped you two. we have had two weeks both um in the first season and then did we have a one in the second season maybe it was just that first season where we had two uh that were just a couple days apart or um 
you know, bunched together. We got the first two episodes within a couple days, and then right around Rise of Skywalker, they pivoted to defer to the movie. Um, and that was a very late move. Anyway, we're we're gonna go completely through one episode at a time here. All those Wednesdays booked for the eight episodes. Yeah, and I think this show, in terms of where it's at in the zeitgeist and so forth, they don't need to do, they don't need to bunch up, they don't need to get attention. You know, it's it's very firmly branded um, within the audience and so forth at this point. And um, yeah, just the ability to do one episode a week and leave you wanting more. It's, uh, it's I don't know, super exciting times. The notion, Pete, that between the five... Wednesdays in March and the resumption of it into April. That means that this is a show that's going to run March and April. All right. That's Mm -hmm. just how that goes. Uh, We will enjoy the eight episodes as they happen. And, you know, we talked a lot with Andor and how fun that was. And when you consider 12 episodes, they're the longest we've ever gotten from a Star Wars show. And granted, they gave you the first three up front. Um, you know, there, there's been this shift in Star Wars, right? Andor is the greatest thing Star Wars has ever done. And the rest of Star Wars is just not as good. And it's for it, babies. It's, yeah, like, and, and it's for morons and simpletons. Like, I've been re-watching Mando. Ne- never really stopped, actually, and Book of Boba Fett. It's just, like, in the rotation. You, you put it on, man. You're going to... You get a vacuum and uh, all right. Yeah, the the baby's on the TV there. Um, But the whole idea, I I am ready for and fully embrace the the, you know, childlike wonder of the Mandalorian. And, you know, that this is going to get its full and complete stead and, and focus over these eight weeks it's a freaking monster as far as the attention it's going to get. And that's, you know, with so little of what we know and what we've seen, they've already promised the biggest season ever. Uh, Really, really seems that way, even from the limited amount that we've been publicly shown. Um, And then you consider that uh, John Favreau, coming off the uh, sign on the the, the um, star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame that he just got, okay, uh, and promoting season three in London uh, with Pedro Pascal, who's a little busy right now too, okay? Season four is written, and they begin filming in October. I feel like Star Wars is hitting a new stride, let's say, in the last year or so. I mean, we we joke slash not joke about these reactions that, like, Andor is the Star Wars I always wanted, says people who, you know, uh, had tears rolling down their cheeks when Luke Skywalker returned in The Mandalorian because all they ever wanted was the nostalgia, not the new, not the gritty, you know, and so forth. But I think that Star Wars, much like the Star Trek universe uh, as of late, you know, in the last several years, Star Wars, I think has really fine tuned lately, fine tuned in what has been released, let's say in the last 12 months having, you know, I mean, look, book of Boba Fett in my mind continues to be just Mandalorian season 2.5. I shouldn't say just, but very similar to that. But then Kenobi, you know, you skew much more nostalgic and much more like, characters i know actors i know situations i've kind of wondered about but you know that familiarity there and or much more darker with the adult end yeah i think there's an argument to be made that the the eight-year-old who might have enjoyed you know uh man you know is discovering mandalorian now might not enjoy Andor and so forth but then just the fact that star wars is including all these different facets of the universe in a way I don't know if Star Trek Universe led the way on this, but the fact that Star Trek Universe has had, you know, core show, but runs a little bit more cutting edge or darker or longer storytelling. Hey, show that's more nostalgic, show that's more 
you know, teen animation, kid animate, all of these things, the fact that Star Wars has kind of responded in kind um, is is really wonderful. And I think that it's all on the foundation of The Mandalorian. Maybe not all of it. We've obviously had the films, you know, in the last, you know, we've had the sequel trilogy and all of that. But Star Wars on TV, this is the foundation of it. So let's see what they do with that that weird and beautiful combination that the first two seasons have, have had of standalone single episode storytelling that's also part of a larger story now we have the potential to be getting deeper into some of the mythology going to mandalore and so forth it's just i can't wait to see what's next and tripling down here matt uh that not only season four written ready to film in october but that there are no plans to end the show even within sight that Favreau has said I love for these stories to go on and on and so these characters potentially could be with us for a while I really love telling stories in their voice and I love the way the adventures unfold and I'm looking forward to doing much more uh you know paparazzi shots of Andor filming okay Diego Luna Stellan Skarsgård Adria uh, Arroyan, uh, awesome, great, but see in 2024, man, okay, it's Mando, it'll be Ahsoka a little later this year, outside shot, I think, Skeleton Crew, right, okay. But and both I... Ahsoka and Skeleton Crew, when last we were updated, both were anticipated for a 2023 release, yeah. And I'd love that. I'd love that. But, you know, what did we talk about at the beginning of this episode? And there's been a theme now for, you know, a couple weeks is this streaming slowdown. I think they're all going to start to dribble things out a little bit, probably just, you know, in deference to our schedule so we can sleep. But, you know, real talk. Thank, thanks, Kathy. Thanks. Thank thanks, Dave. Thank thanks, John. Okay. We appreciate Kurtzman. it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, real talk here that, this is awesome. Okay. And that they'll continue to throw these out there and they've got the space to do this in the timeline, in the chronology for a long, long time. Um, bad batch season two's kind of been not good and definitely not season one. And that they're running concurrently and all right, you got your animated thing over here and then you've got the return of the live action King here. Okay. Uh, the discussion too, that they made a brand new $5 million puppet version three. Now the, the most recent version utilized for the book of Boba Fett that could jump, that could flip. Um, so we don't know what Grogu can do now physically, but of course is aided by, you know, the CGI wizardry of the, the people at ILM. But, you know, all this coming in and more and more and more of these stories on deck, you know, this is Matt and I discussing yesterday, uh, secret decision oh succession season four it ends now uh yeah and just the idea to all of this to add to all of this only disney plus knows how successful book of boba fett was and i think that you know we enjoyed it i i still do continue to say in those first three episodes of book of boba fett it, it's really just a weird stew of like what's present day what's flashbacks what's flashbacks to flashbacks um i'm not saying i didn't like it how about this i'm glad that the mandalorian production team was able to try something different as opposed to sit and say we have very clear boundaries and we dare not upset you know the streaming gods by by doing anything too wacky and too wild at the end of the day they might be able to say here is what the value is of calling the Mandalorian the Mandalorian. Now people know what that means. Or you put a poster up with Space Knight in shining armor and Green Guy, and people know what that is. Versus, not that Boba Fett doesn't have you know uh, kind of you know 
great understanding culturally, but what's how are those two different? You sit and go, there's the Obi-Wan Kenobi from movies 20 years ago. Okay, I will click on that and so forth versus, say, perhaps a less recognizable and or and so forth. Again, just point being the, the John and Dave corner of all of this, knowing that there's Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, um, and Ahsoka that they have, you know, their, their hands uh, very much on add to its skeleton crew where they're not showrunners, but clearly they're involved with that as well. Just, again, having a sense of how far you can take this thing without making it too, too, um, too spread out. Uh, you know, I think of, for example, I, I think Stranger Things has been lucky to have maintained its cream of the crop place, despite the fact it took the last season, you know, COVID and so on and so forth. Um, is good for a property like Star Wars, good for kind of a property within the property like the Mandalorian extended universe, if you want to call it that, to have these offshoots. We'll see what this season does to launch, first and foremost, to launch Ahsoka. I, I feel like if there's one prediction I can make, it's Ahsoka will show up and Ahsoka at some point will say, there are things I must go take care of. And that'll leave us wanting more. Time. <laughs> yeah. I need to go over with my the rebels <laughs> um or who from the rest of her show that is it, it's star wars rebels season five in live action you know we've publicly cast ezra we have uh you know said now that uh you know just about everybody's showing up i'm sure there'll be a couple surprises we still don't know who uh Mary Elizabeth Winstead's playing uh, Hera. But anyway, um, but yeah, you know, to to take, to go back to what you said about Book of Boba Fett, let's call that what it is. That is Mandalorian season two and a half. It was how do we keep content in the hopper, in the in-between when we didn't have Mando, you know, Matt, these will be our first Mandalorian episodes since 2020. It's 2023 now. Okay? Remember, the show debuted in 19. I mean, look, you you say that, and I know there's the joke, not joke, Book of Boba Fett, Mando season 2.5, whatnot. Let's not forget that last year, in the last year of TV seasons, and indeed in 2022 as a calendar year, we got, I mean, how many episodes were Grogu and or the Mandalorian in from that seven episode run in Book of Boba Fett? Four of them? Like, we got our Mandalorian thing. And, and if anything, this yeah. was the Book of Boba Fett, if nothing else, and it was it's more than just this, but it was the, you know, it was the Nick Fury can show up in other things. Like, it yep. really is all connected. Um, Kept and, it in consciousness yeah. as it needs to be. And uh, to to bring that forward, okay, those characters in in this world, you know, we're full spoilers here for Book of Boba Fett. So if you haven't seen it, stop now, go watch it, okay. Particularly episodes five, six, and seven, okay. Uh, that you know, I'm I'm still interested to see, you know, previously on. Mandamora, man of uh, the the book of Boba Fett, Lorian, Mandalorian, the book of Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett, Mandalorian. Like, how are they going to do that? He has a new ship, and uh, gee, the child is back. Last time I saw Luke Skywalker take the child. Like, there are people who watched the Mandalorian, uh, chapter sixteen, <laughs> in December of two thousand twenty. That are going to be like, how do you get the baby back? I think the answer is this. You're going to have a two to four minute previously in Star Wars. Boom. You get to you get to do the season one, season two recap, Book of Boba Fett yeah. recap, and so forth. Um, and again, I even think, as I've said many times before, I think that's... Not that not that um, within the episodes is the purview of Disney marketing, but Disney marketing as an aesthetic 
sometimes, oftentimes, the itch that we have is the itch they want us to have. Mm-hmm. So I think that the notion, I mean, it's almost win-win to be like, here are the numbers, here's X percent of Mandalorian viewers who didn't watch Book of Boba Fett. Okay, we can <laughs> we can direct them to more on Disney+. Plus. Or maybe, Pete, you go, previously on The Mandalorian, season one, season two, previously on The Book of Boba Fett, da-da-da-da-da-da you know, now the continuation, like whatever it is, maybe, maybe there is that little extra nudge to say, if you skipped over a thing, enjoy chapter 17 on March 1st, then go back and watch seven new old episodes of Book of Boba Fett, um, and, and bring life to the catalog, which, which is the whole streaming mantra anyway. Right. Until we ignominiously, uh, get rid of the character of Cara Dune. Um, Pete, you keep, you keep saying that you think they're going to do something with the Cara Dune character. I keep saying we're never going to hear from her again, at least is, in the short is term. Is not that ignominious? Is, is not that, you know, the, the meme around Kylo Ren in, uh, you know, Rise of Skywalker is he got yeeted into a uh, hole on Exegol, never to be seen again. Um, w- could not that be the cruelest stroke of all instead of, you know, secret recast or even, man, I just got off the hollow phone with Hosnian Prime and a bunch of stormtroopers rolled up and sprang Gideon as he was brought in space handcuffs and Cara Dune didn't make it. Pete, what if we could split the difference? And I'm also thinking, I must admit, Pete, this is a show that I have, I've only seen as I passed through the living room before my wife gave up on it before the end of its run. But the, uh, Whatever the Sex and the City spinoff is, and, and then there was none, and then there was no more. Whatever, whatever it's called, um, I won't spoil it for any any people who listen to this podcast, but also watch have yet to watch the Sex and the City spinoff that they might be interested in. Anyhow, one of the characters, the actor, could not be encouraged to come back. Bad blood with Sarah Jessica Parker, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. However, the character appears by way of a text message. So no voice, no actor, no no presence, however, presence in the story. Could we have, Pete, is this even more ignominious? Could we have Grief Karga saying, Mando, when I was on the hollow with Cara Dune yesterday, she said that there's some mysterious things going on in the, the planet over there. And a couple episodes later, you know, Cara said she's glad to hear you made it out, Mando. Does Cara Dune appear as a character who doesn't appear, but nonetheless remains in the story, just just off stage over there? There's another story happening over there that just the camera doesn't capture. And as her X-wing was crashing, she got off this message. It said, "Remember me as." <laughs> um, I suppose time will tell. I mean, look. The actress made choices. The actress was given a heads up that maybe her employer would like her to stop saying things that denied the reality of, you know, things that happened to 6 million people in the 20th century and so forth. And she chose, made her choices and so forth. Um, I do wonder, like from a, let's step out of the writer's room here. Disney brass. At what point do you go, hey, John and Dave, can we not just mention this so that way there's not... An uproar. If clearly you're not right. using her on screen, can we just? I saw in the script here you said, and then the X-wing blew up in the blaze of glory. Can we just not do that scene and avoid the trouble? You know, I, I, I doubt we'll ever know for sure what those discussions were behind the scenes. But, but Pete, let's talk about who could show up in this season. What are your thoughts on surprising cameos? You know, given as how the last season of The Mandalorian had maybe the greatest cameo reveal of all time. Uh, and the last season of The Book of Boba Fett had The Mandalorian and Luke Skywalker and Ahsoka and Grogu. So who are we going to get this time? I don't think they're going to go back to that well of tricks. And I'm going to tell you why. 
So, you know, you mentioned Ahsoka and with her show coming, um, and then we talked about the skeleton crew. I think that they're going to start to get at that stuff. I also think we're going to see uh, Cobb Vanth again, um, given that that's the post credit scene in Book of Boba Fett, uh, that they will look to return to that. Like, hey, we stuck a pin in there in that previous one. And hey, you saw him in season two, episode one of The Mandalorian. Uh, so to come back to that uh, would be smart. And, uh, you know, people have already peppered uh, Timothy Oliphant, like, hey, are you in season three? He's like, uh, you know, uh, even if I was, I wouldn't tell you blank. Um, so, yeah, they are locked down on this. Granted, the great trajectory of this season and, you know, no doubt will really drive things is this Mandalorian you know, return that we're going to visit Mandalore in live action for the first time ever, other than, you know, a, a really effective flashback in the book of Boba Fett, um, where, you know, Din Djarin, remember, not a native of that planet. So this is the homecoming to, to not home home. <laughs> um, and, Whereas he gets to be the everyman where normally he's, you know, the, the inside guy. Um, and let's be honest too, you know, is the Mandalorian, the Grogu show that I think it is. Uh, so, you know, his adventures and what's going to go on there. I talked about it in our previous podcast have we the entire time been watching this show uh, misunderstanding that uh, Din Djarin is the Mandalorian when really it's Grogu? You know, he made his choice. He went back to uh, Din Djarin. Uh, he's wearing Beskar. Um, you know, the one scene that's come out for this season. Have you watched it, Matt? I have not. These okay. eyes will be spoiler free. Uh, except All right. for trailers. Um, <laughs> um, I can't wait to be dazzled. Great that... use of, uh, you know, the 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 child uh, using uh, grief cargo there. Okay, um, Carl Weathers is always up to it. You know, the dude has stepped in this late in his career and is fully embracing it. And uh, yeah, some some tales, Matt, out of. The Last of Us and Pedro Pascal on set there and going into his trailer to record dialogue and uh, apparently sent fake dialogue out of fear that people might hear what he's saying in his trailer on another production and spoil things. Pete, the notion that Pedro Pascal is at the crossroads for not one, but two super high profile jewels in the crowns of separate streamers and so forth. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. The flip side being now it places pressure on both, you know, these these apparently ongoing productions of Mandalorian. I say ongoing because, you know, he's not there for all of the filming, Pedro Pascal. Um, but that then further means you need him to be doing voice stuff and so forth. Um, which means he also needs to be sharing time with The Last of Us as they get ready for season two. Uh, which, side note, season two, it might take multiple seasons to adapt part two of the game, etc., etc. So, him super busy, that also means... You know, it's it's easy enough, as Star Trek Universe figured out, it's easy enough to be like, wait, why did Pedro leave Canada during the filming to then go to the Arizona desert for two days? Oh, they must be filming Star Wars. Like, you, you, it's one thing when you say, we are filming in a volume where security guards check ID badges uh, when you come into the soundstage, and that's that. Now the fact that the, the actor is out there, it's just all these extra layers of things to protect against 
uh, story spoilers. And that's not even that's not even to talk about how poor spoiler Pete now has to not only not only come up with fake duds to sneak into the sound stages, but also like a an all white snowsuit to parachute into Last of Us. And Pete, I don't I, I I don't envy you and your your search for spoilers, but again, just this this notion of trying to keep these secrets a secret. You know, uh, I'm sure we talked about it for Mandalorian season two, but I don't think people saw the Luke Skywalker thing coming, um, and the fact that that was so buttoned up, even amidst, even within the production family mm-hmm. itself, the fact that most people went to go film um, the episode where uh, where uh, you know Grogu is uh, stolen by the uh, the robot troopers and and they're filming in a in a park in malibu and all of that meanwhile some people stay back to do the luke skywalker stuff um and it is interesting too pete what you had said essentially do they stop chasing that brass ring of we're going to give you the next luke skywalker thing um you know do they do they simply stop chasing that for this season so it's not that each season becomes about something other than the story that it's focused on baked into the Mandalorian corner of star Wars from its first episode is breaking the internet. The end of that episode with the child in the hover bassinet and, and the buzz from there. And ever since it's a consistent pattern with every episode drop for this and the book of Boba Fett, I expect no different from Ahsoka when we're going to be like, oh, my God, Thrawn showed up or, you know, Ezra force ghost, uh, uh, Kanan force ghost. All of that. Zeb's here, you know, in, in live action form, all of that. Um Rick Famuyiwa, director, producer, expanded roles now in in season three, and and somebody they've they've really really hit stride with, has talked about how you know this season is really while you've got the Mandalorian intrigue going on, there's the Imperial side to the story too. And these remnants, these factions that remain. And yeah, we have Gideon, but we know there's some other ones. Okay. Just mentioned Thrawn and who knows if they reach for that now ahead of rebels. Um, but the whole idea here that, uh, the, um, character that we have with captain Carson Teva, okay. Or Teva, um, we've never heard the last name uh, mentioned on screen just yet. This is, of course, uh, Paul Sun Hyung's character uh, who appeared for the first time in season two. He was the one that said, you know, hey, I think there's more going on out there than people know about. We've seen that in the advertising for this season. And I think it's kind of like a detective situation here and then the dr pershing appearances and that they've put that up front in the advertising so the pursuit for grogu and or what they were doing with him will continue to be a part of the storytelling here and uh, the big question in my mind remains how much of this season is going to be about the mythology, the redemption, and all that on Mandalore? Look, clearly this is a show where the audience is okay seeing people in Mandalorian suits do Mandalorian things. Part of me does wonder, you know, part of me part of me calls into question the idea that we're going to get eight episodes that's like, let's go to Mandalore. We're at Mandalore. Here's where it's bombed out. Let's go to this. Let's go to that. Let's do Mandalorian jigs. Let's have Mandalorian food. Like, uh, <laughs> you think back to the prior seasons, and we remember the prior seasons as having an overall story to them. I would encourage people, go back and take a look at those episodes. The episodes are more self-contained than you might remember. If you just sit and watch the one, you go, oh, escaping stuff from the prior episode, 
crash on the ice planet, deal with ice planet spiders, get away in the ice planet, you know, get away from the ice planet, that's it. Yes, the fact that the ship is damaged, that carries on to the next and the next, and all of that, but um, I, I would like to propose that it's four or less episodes that are actually, you know, like Mandalorian culture heavy. Um, and we saw it particularly in the second season where, you know, the, the complaint from people trying to get click counts up was, you know, oh, it's just, he keeps making stops along the way, you know, as if every story isn't. This is a filler episode. Um, so again, it might be, I gotta get to Mandalore to bathe in the waters of the thing so I can make up for my helmet discretion, um, and, or indiscretion rather, um, fine. And along the way, it might be help us with that, you know, whatever it is, we'll have, we'll have character kind of driven stories as opposed to Mandalorian culture driven stories. Well, you know, on Mandalore and we've mentioned it before on the series, the, the mythosaur. Okay. Uh, I, I think we're going to get a big beastie there on Mandalore. Um, I think that'll be part of it. Um, not sure if it'll be a Mandalore thing or if it'll be, you know, somehow integrated in another spot. But I really think that Jude Law's skeleton crew character is going to show up and and that'll be something, you know, uh, they'll do. We've talked before, you know, uh, would they reach to de-age Harrison Ford, Billy D. Williams, you know, <sighs> It's tantalizing, and I don't think any of us would be opposed to it if they did it, and we know the technology exists, and we know too, Matt, that they have a DH Harrison Ford that's of the same age that they're going to use on a theater screen uh, in, in, in June. Um, you know, coming off the, the Luke stuff, I, I think maybe internally they have to feel, look, we we don't want to be the one trick pony of. And then there was a digital legacy character that we reached into the files to to bring you because that's what happens every season. I would agree with everything you said, but I want to highlight this notion. And, and I first read about it. There was a great, Hollywood Reporter interview with Harrison Ford um, where he's marveling at the fact that Lucasfilm has taken all the footage that they have of him from all the years, not just stuff from the movies, other takes, behind the scenes and so forth, how they fed it into a computer and how they they end up the computer is able to take all those images, I mean he's describing the deep fake process that we saw in Mandalorian Season 2 that was refined in Book of Boba Fett it's now been refined further. I mean, the ability to sit and go, Harrison, for $5 million, can you show up on set for one day, for one afternoon, to, to, to sit at the bar and turn around and say, you know, good luck, kid, or whatever it is. Because as soon as we have that there, the computer is ready to go. It already knows how to do it. Um, so, I again, I would say only when the story calls for it. But my goodness... I would be more than happy to to. I'd be more than happy to to be getting up extra early to watch these episodes because there's the there there's the hint of getting whether it's Han Solo or another character. But again, the the computer's already crunched the numbers. The computer already has it ready to go to de-age Harrison Ford. It's already done it for Indiana Jones uh, and the Dial of Destiny. So I almost feel like I'm not saying that's my prediction, but I, I'm I'm pinning my hopes to it. There's just so much to look forward to. I look at Katie Sackoff and getting to return to the character of Bo-Katan Kreese and how deep we'll go into that. They've they've lengthened the wig. Some time's gone by. You know, she's been without the dark saber. Is she going to challenge for it again? She accepted that, you know, Din had won it via combat. Kind of like all part of Moff Gideon's plan that you can't get it, that he can get it. Now that he's this apostate, can he wield it to unite people? Would she ever follow him? 
Will they work together? Just so pleased to see this actress. You know, I've followed for 20 years with Battlestar Galactica as a Starbuck. And that just broke me when you thought the character was was done. And uh, now that she's in my Star Wars, that she's playing the character she originally voiced. And we're going to get to dive headlong into that for an entire season is just so exciting. It caught my eye that at the red carpet for, uh, for Mandalorian season three, which that was all London, right, Pete? Yes. Okay. Like, so, so it caught my eye that the red carpet was, um, just Pedro Pascal, uh, that you didn't have any of these other people. Yeah. And then part of me is like, well, that's what you get for doing it in London. Cause it's, I'm sure all these, you know, Jean Carlos Esposito, Carl Weathers, Katie Sackhoff, Emily Swallow is the armorer all the way on down. They, they all have a Los Angeles presence, even if that's not where they live. Uh, certainly I think for Esposito, Weathers and Sackhoff that, that, that probably they have, they have homes in the Los Angeles area. Um, but then it's like, well, why did you do it in London for that matter? And why, again, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to suggest any malfeasance, just if anything, Pete, it adds to the mystery. Mm-hmm. I know, I know prior to season one where it was like, oh, this show is about Pedro Pascal, Giancarlo Esposito, um, and, um, Gina Carano got it those are the three people that this show is about and then you get into these episodes and go oh no they're this is you know you have some supporting characters who are powerful on screen but not in every episode it's not about them maybe that was a way to set expectations like maybe Bo-Katan only shows up in a couple again I don't know but I would also again say it's the right itch that we're supposed to be having we're supposed to be wondering as opposed to Pete bringing things somewhat full circle as opposed to you watch a trailer months ago for Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania and say Bill Murray is in it awesome I love Bill Murray and then find out that he's in it for three or four minutes and feel that they sold you one thing that you didn't get with this Pete where is Omid Abtani I know Dr. Pershing is in it but he wasn't on the red carpet is he in it a lot a little I don't know I can't wait to find out more by watching who is Christopher Lloyd playing um i'm pretty sure and i'm clicking on the hollywood reporter article now i'm pretty sure it's a voice um role only um although i don't even know if that is 100 percent confirmed or if that is a fake bit of data there um not a klingon that's about the only thing i can be <laughs> sure of, sure of um let me be slightly more serious and say, are you going, obviously this has already been filmed, but you know, Christopher Lloyd, uh, when this was filmed, let's say he would have been 83. Are you really going to ask an 83 year old to roll on in at 5am so you can do face casts and then put the makeup on and the, the, this and the, all the so on and so forth. I think that probably Christopher Lloyd is playing a human character or maybe a, a lightly alien character like look he's got dusty red skin or he's got maybe some little you know alien uh, devil bumps on his forehead or something like that i don't think it's going to be f- i don't think it's going to be full on cover him in latex furthermore why would m- much like when uh carl weathers originally grief cargo was going to be covered in makeup and he's like I'm going to let the show figure out that you're not going to get Carl Weathers to cover up Carl Weathers. I think similarly, they're not going to get Christopher Lloyd to cover him up. If you want to say, we're going to get him to do a voice thing or voice slash motion capture, I think we'd be okay with that. Maybe he's Babu Frick's friend. Uh, Maybe he's Babu Frick himself and just there to kind of do the I am Groot sort of, you know, um, the Babu Freak voice needs to, and I have no uh, lack of confidence that they have the same woman that that voiced that. The name escapes me right now. Uh, that'd be awesome if he's the the friend. Um, I floated it before. I have to return to it. You know, Grogu's gotta eventually speak, right? Uh. You could do a lot worse than 
the iconic Christopher Lloyd to voice his words. You mentioned his age. He's not going to be with us forever, particularly now that they've decided these shows will never end. <laughs> um, and, you know, like I go back and forth, like, will we hit a time jump at some point? And it's five years later and Mando still looks the same in his helmet. Um, but the, the child is now taller yet equally adorable but can do more things and is now played by a little person um, and can speak. You, you feed it into the synthesizer the same way they do now with James Earl Jones. It, it is respectful. It is reverent. Um, you could conceivably have Christopher Lloyd as his voice. I hear what you're saying. I think we're more likely to see Christopher Lloyd on screen than we are to have him voice Grogu. Um, but sometime between March 1st and April 19th, we will know for sure. <laughs> so, Pete, currently the episode titles, you know, there's the stand-in, chapter 17, chapter 18, all the way up to chapter 24. Uh, we, of course, know that... Um, I'll say after the fact in terms of what shows up online, but we know that when you click on the episode, even on Disney Plus, it might just say chapter or whatever, but you get into it and, and we get a title. Um, looking back to prior seasons, the titles tend to be pretty direct. Like, Pete, do you know what the name was of the, you know, the chapter that was about the Marshall? Guess what that one was called? The Marshall. There you go. Um, I know sometimes it's like, Sometimes I think people overdo a little bit like, ooh, in chapter 13, the Jedi. She's not really a Jedi, technically, because you see, back in Clone Wars, she didn't... So who's the real Jedi? No, it's Ahsoka's the Jedi in chapter 13, the Jedi. Like, let's not overthink this here. In the tragedy, there's the tragedy that Grogu gets stolen. It's not some sort of other, like, existential, like, the tragedy is actually that the Dark Troopers were deployed. So, Pete, what do you think... What, what kind of titles do you think we're going to get out of this season, keeping in mind that John and Dave like to keep them real simple? Well, twice we've had episode titles that are not um, the, with the, um, you know, the article in front of it before a, a noun. So I, I think we're, we're due for one of those. We haven't had one since the first season. We had uh, chapter four, Sanctuary, and then chapter eight, Redemption. I mentioned the word before. I strongly feel that one of these episodes is going to be called Homecoming. That I like. Um, yeah, I wonder... I wonder, I wonder what thought process goes into it or if it really is just... I could see Favreau in particular just saying... Let's not spend time coming up with a cute title. Let's just say say it what it is. Particularly, again, since people don't see the titles. If you're watching on launch day, you don't see the title of it until it appears, you know, as part of the episode, not kind of yeah. the, 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 the superimposed uh, wording there. Um, I, I don't know. There's an, there's an art to a beautiful title, but I like the directness of these. Um again you kind of look back and you can kind of chart the season you can chart the prior season by the titles at least to a certain degree um so i would say this pete i don't, I don't know exactly what predictions to make but i would say that i don't think with any of with none of i don't think you're going to see a title that kind of even knowing the title it gives you too much sizzle like you know the, the green lightsaber fires or something like that. Like I don't, where you sit and go, well, I can work out what it is there. I don't think they're, you know, I think it's just going to be as plain as possible. So you can say, Pete, did you see chapter 18, the loss? And you go, no, I didn't. Well, I wonder what the loss is. Is it a person? Right. Is it a thing? Is it a place? Is, you know, versus like, you know, saying goodbye is difficult to do or, you know, the death or something like that. Right. You know, the, the idea that this imperial 
mystery. You know, there's so many vague yet interesting ways that you could put that in a title, the, the mystery, the conspiracy, all of that. And, you know, I, I think they'll bake that into, you know, the construction of the, the narrative from outside beyond just, you know, the Mandalorian and his week to week adventures that they're going to show us these other doings going on um, because it's not just where our titular characters are. It's those other ones now in this expanding world. Well, Pete, I know our podcast world continues to expand due to the support given to us on patreon.com slash fantastic geek. And we are so proud to have those listeners along for the ride as we dig further into Star Wars, into the Star Trek universe, the MCU, Pete, maybe one day, even the DCU, uh, and on and on. Everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive podcast content, all sorts of tiers to choose from, but it takes just a dollar a month to get you in that door. Uh, big doings behind the scene that with our uh you know 10 year anniversary beginning next month so all going to be part of that but there's going to be things that are going to be you know outside and with everybody and things that are just on patreon and, and that's is what is but uh you know everybody can help us if you can't uh you if you don't want to go behind that door you get yourself over to apple Podcasts, leave us a rating in seconds leave us a review and just a little while longer and help us continue to do this thing and we'll certainly keep the conversation going pete how can people find you on a social media network you can find me on twitter at peter p-i-e-t-e-r-j-k-e-t-e-l-a-a-r 12,772 followers can't be wrong and while I'm personally on Twitter is looking back lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. Pete also wanted to mention the listener line, 732-707-1815. You can text your thoughts there or leave a voicemail message. We don't highlight it super often, in part because it doesn't get used a lot, so we don't mention it a lot. Maybe we can change the cycle, Pete. Uh, but where else can people be in touch? Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek, all one word with the P and the H, like it today. Pete, as mentioned at the top of the podcast, tomorrow, Star Trek Sunday, we will be talking Picard episode 302, and then back here for Star Wars Saturday next week as we investigate The Mandalorian Chapter 17. With that, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. This is the way. Thank you.